You're listening to the Rough and Tumble Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the second uh, episode 15. 15 uh, version 2.0. The fuck is it? What is that? The piece is that, of oh, that's from your sandwich yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that there. That was probably, I, I didn't say this yesterday because I wasn't feeling well, but that was the, the most gnarly looking sandwich I've ever seen. Like disgusting? No, it was awesome looking. Oh, yeah. Like it was perfectly put together. Yeah. Lizzie, like she always buys like, she buys all the all the things to make you the sandwich. To. You know, like. Some people just are happy with cheese and meat and bread. Mm-mm. She gets like lettuce, tomato, all of it. She she gets the works. It's when weird. when you make do you make homemade nachos ever? No, never. Mm-mm. Do you prefer nacho cheese or do you would you rather your nachos have uh, melted regular cheese? I'm not really a big nacho eater, mm, that's uh, but I would say like the the cheap ass melted cheese. Mm-hmm. So you like liquid cheese, like yeah, like the, uh, so fucking like gross. the cafeteria cheese that comes out. It's so bad. Oh, it's, I always ask that question because you can tell a lot about a person's character by the way they answer that question. I feel that's accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's about the way that I feel about myself. <laughs> cafeteria cheese. That's yep. a, that's Johnny. That's where, your whole pot. <laughs> that's where Johnny's self esteem is at. <laughs> there was levels. Up. It would be cafeteria. Where are you at right nacho now? Nacho cheese. I'm right about cafeteria nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really awesome that's where my self-worth is is that hey nora oh this is gonna be such a much better episode now that i can just sit over here and love on nora i know hi yeah all, all you're gonna hear me do is talk <laughs> to nora for the, for the rest of the podcast i'm the third wheel <laughs> yeah um so this is for the listeners out there uh listener um, this is the second, this is the second time we've recorded this episode. The last time, uh, yesterday we recorded about two hours and literally as we're taking our headphones off, my uh, computer crashed and we lost everything. So, um, we're going to try and keep it a little bit shorter and hopefully that will, uh, that will help in the meantime. And then I'm going to get a new computer and it will fix all of our problems. So if you want to subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. We're always looking for ways to upgrade Johnny's home equipment. Yeah. My studio. It's getting there. It's coming along. Like we're, we're really, oh, yeah. uh, we are, we're getting somewhere with it. Just, we need to get more somewhere. And the thing is, is this, the talking part is my only hobby. Like I could, I don't care about the tech stuff. Yeah. And so luckily when we have money from the, from the Patreon and stuff like that to get new stuff for the podcast. I don't argue about what the money gets spent on <laughs> yeah. because I couldn't care less. It's uh yeah, like well, and there's so many things that we can do to just continuously mm-hmm. upgrade. Like honestly, it's as long as we continue to invest money in it, I think we're gonna end up with like the fucking coolest. I was listening to a podcast on the way here, and um I remember you'd mentioned before that one of your buddies commented on how good the audio sounds for mm-hmm. our podcast. Yeah. I don't know any better. I just know what certain people's, po- but now, now that I'm a podcaster, I've become a pretty good snob. I'm not like most boys. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. <laughs> and I was noticing, um, how the audio had a little bit of echo in the background in their yeah. audio. And I just remember thinking like, come on, man, you're better than that. <laughs> you know, like it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So the, uh, what the episode before this last one, uh, when we got video the first time, 
I had to reset my, like completely wipe my computer clean. Reset oh, yeah, I remember that. So then whenever I went back in, I didn't realize that I hadn't saved my preset for the podcast, which mm. gives us good sound. Really good sound quality. Yeah. And so um, whenever I went back in, it was a nightmare. I was like, mm. oh my God, I watched so many different YouTube videos to put all this together. That's why I'm glad you do this. <laughs> and uh, so I had to go back in. Luckily, I had it pretty well memorized and could kind of figure it out. But You know, and... um Lizzie had asked a couple podcasts ago about how I find the time to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Part of it is I delegate it to other people. Yeah. <laughs> because if this, if I was helping with this stuff at my house, there's no way I don't have the time to do this and also edit and, uh, you know, help you do all that. And, you know, if I was doing it at my house, my daughters are spilling sippy cups on top of computers. Like, yeah, it's, I have like delegating a lot of this stuff to you is how I'm able to do this. It's definitely a good thing that I don't have kids. I don't think I'd be able to do it right. with kids. Oh, no, I do, it's tough. I like, um, I've gotten into this routine of like micromanagement where I'll just kind of pick a project that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And like with the podcast, I kind of have a timeline. Usually Sunday is like yeah. that night. I'm up kind of Monday late. afternoons apparently. Yeah, now Monday <laughs> afternoons. But you know, like I have a timeline to get that done and I get it, I get it done. But then like my other projects, I'll, you know, I'll do some logo design uh, which I've been doing right now for, I'll do that for like 30 minutes to an hour, get bored of it, play some video games. The best idea I've ever had is this monitor right here. I flip it around and I hook my Xbox up to it. So you just take breaks? So I just take a break, play some video games and then go right back to work. If I get like, if I kind of get stuck somewhere and I can't think of something creatively, I'll like play video games, zone out for a little bit. I'll come back to it with a fresh mind. It's been like the the best thing produ productivity-wise. I'm a, speaking of video games, and you and I know, we've talked about this before, about how, like, I'm not a gamer. Um, I just get, because I get really pissed off at the fact that 13-year-old kids fuck me up on, mm -hmm. like, Battlefield and stuff like that. Um, like, I'm literally, like, the character from The Office, Jim, when he's playing uh, Call of Duty with his office, and he's in the corner just jumping in circles. That's what I end up doing. And then I get pissed off because I want to be the cool sniper guy that goes around and creeps up on people and snipes them. And then somehow people are sniping me while I'm trying to, it just gets really out of hand. <laughs> but um, they have the new um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare mobile game now. Yeah. Like PUBG, but yeah. it's like, yeah. So I'd heard some really good things about it. And it's I, awesome. I, it is amazing. It, yeah. I played so PUBG good. for a while. I got really bored with PUBG because of the giant maps. Yeah, like, that's the only I just reason I can't care. play PUBG. It's too much. Yeah. And I'm more of a death team deathmatch kind of guy. Like, give me a small map where you're running from station to station, just fucking blowing each other up. Yeah. And that's exactly what Modern Warfare did and delivered. And now, like, multiple times a day, I'm just stuck to that screen. Oh, just it's fucking awesome. nailing it. It's so good. And they nailed the touchscreen controls. That's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, they did. Is that's really, really hard to do. And they just, they hit it on the head. The, uh, so... How long have you been playing it? Um, about a week and a half now. Okay. Maybe so two weeks. I think the first 10 levels, like the for the first, until you're like level 10 or something, mm -hmm. you're playing against bots. So I didn't know that because yeah. I remember thinking like, man, these guys are super easy to kill. Yeah. And it was like unnecessarily easy. Right. And now I think I'm at level 46, almost 50. So you're, you're playing against now actual playing against people. Other, yeah. And that's you're probably I started, dying more. Yeah, I'm dying yeah. way more. And um, I was starting to think that, uh, people were cheating like you know because they did that with PUBG. yeah they would like download um graphic or not graphics but like they would do like code they would download mm -hmm. codes that would give them cheat codes and stuff they'll probably um, they're probably still doing it with Call and of Duty it fucking too. sucks because yeah. it's not fair and it's and it's well, the other thing is is like why is it that important to you like, right it's so yeah. important to you that you have to go hack 
a mobile game so that you can be better, but you're cheating mm-hmm. and nothing comes from it. And then um, some of it, some of that's kind of debatable because like, uh, okay, for instance, Grand Theft Auto, I play Grand Theft Auto online a lot. Love that game. Right. Um, there's a lot of hackers on there because mm-hmm. they have an, they have an, an economy that's based within the video game. What? Where like they have a thing called shark cards, mm-hmm. basically like a, you know, like a gift card or a debit card. You would purchase that. It gives you a million dollars in credit. So mm-hmm. let's say $10 gets you $1 million in game credit. If you want to buy this nice car, well, that's $4 million. And then they add a bunch of things uh, onto it. So like you want to buy this car that has a rocket launcher on the back of it. You have to buy a warehouse also, which is $10 million so that you can store this car, which is $8 million. So then people are driven to, it doesn't make sense to try and do the missions and grind I got to make you. that money. They so want people, the easy run. So people, yeah, will buy those shark cards for yeah. money. Um, and then hackers will go in and either just award themselves tons of money mm-hmm. or they'll like, you know, come in with different wacky vehicles and stuff. But it's like, that's kind of what you get, you know, yeah. whenever you're trying to rip people off in that way, it's like, well, that's especially in a game that's like Grand Theft Auto, that's so based on like anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess that's you, what you guys yeah. get. <laughs> I guess you're getting the actual experience. The PUBG shit though, like that was trying out. to win at that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is just stupid. Because they were downloading like crypto that would that would, I say crypto, but you know, uh, code and stuff that would make them invincible. Mm -hmm. Um, it allowed you to be able to look through walls, like all kinds of fucking stuff. And it's like, man, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But I don't think anybody at the moment at the level I'm at, I don't think anybody's cheating on the modern warfare game. Only reason I would think so is because like, I'd be shooting a guy in the face and then it felt like they only shot me twice and then I'd die. But then when you watch the replay cam, you realize, no, they were shooting in the head the whole time. A lot of it's connectivity. Exactly. Yeah. So you were just getting a delay. That's part of what makes it uh, easier for you to win sometimes, too, mm-hmm. is like other people have bad connectivity. And a lot of those people that are playing are not Call of Duty players. No, they're not. They're mostly in Brazil. I had this situation <laughs> happen like last week. Um, I got an invitation to play. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet. People are, I assumed it was because people had been paying attention to how good I was. <laughs> and they were like, we want that guy on our team. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I accept it. We go into this little room, you know, and like, you can hear him talking and, you know, they had the microphone on and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's this dude talking to this other guy. And he's like, uh, the guy goes, Mitch, who's Mitch? And this guy goes, ah, oh, man, that's one of my dudes from school, man. That's uh-huh. one of my boys. And I was like, oh, he has, he has mistaken me for the wrong person. I shall now leave this room. Uh, <laughs> and so I just left. There was a uh, Skyrim. Have you ever, ever played Skyrim? You I know, know Skyrim? of it. I've never okay. played it though. So they had like an online game, Elder Scrolls, that came out. Yeah, after yeah, that. yeah. Um, and I played it for maybe 15 minutes. I get into a game. I like travel out into the, the wild. I find this like tavern, like a bar or whatever. And I go inside and I hear, you know, in the chat, there's a bunch of head, there's a bunch of people talking and it's like the whole place is full of people that are role playing this weird sex thing. <laughs> and like, there's women dancing on top of tables and stuff like they're they're You know how they do, they have like the little dances that you right. press a button and they'll do something. Uh, there's like women on top of tables that are doing that. And like guys are like talking to him and like, Oh yeah, baby. And it's so it's fucking weird. I was like, yep, I'm done with this game and I'm out. Yeah. I ended up in some weird Elder Scrolls sex Dude, ring. There's some people that take that shit way serious. Yeah. Do you ever watch the um, the cosplayers or, or the, uh, not the cosplayers, but the, um, where they pretend to be like knights? Furries. Wait. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, LARPing. LARPing. Yeah. yeah. They used to have it. 
over by War Memorial Stadium mm-hmm. by the zoo. They would do LARPing over there. Dude, okay, don't a I can I said this the other day, like I can only be so much nerd at one time. Right. Uh so like I was like I have the the new gimbal, uh my new toy, and I'm like I feel really weird walking around the mats with my black belt and my full gi on with that in my hand. Yeah. Like I can only be this much of a fucking nerd at once. Like LARPing is a little bit like that. Like the the nerd in me looks at that and I'm like, that looks so much fucking fun. But I just can't bring myself to that level. Yeah. And the level that you had to, you have to like mm-hmm. dedicate a lot of your imagination to that in the sense that. Um, I don't feel like I would. I feel like I would. I don't mean that you have to make up crazy situations. I mean that like at a certain point, you know, like when you do something, the other person has to comply. Yeah. If they don't comply, then now there's this weird moment where you tried to build a reality inside of a fake reality and then they're fucking it up for you. Yeah. You know? And so like, oh, you cast this spell on them, but then they're like, oh yeah, well I have an anti-spell. Yeah. God damn it. Like you're not. I would get irritated with that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, whereas you like, yeah, I have life. a black belt in jujitsu. Come yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my hands on you for yeah. a second. Um, speaking of jujitsu and um, so Bryce Mitchell over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to go through, gotta go through the whole thing again, again dude. We got to yeah. run it all back like we never talked about I haven't heard this it. a million times <laughs> yet. I just talked to him. So did you hear about the him, UFC? The yeah. Um, you talked to him recently? Uh, yeah. Like uh, I sent him, well, one of our, our fans. Because don't connect with him on Never mind. I'm not gonna, I don't want to ruin it for the fans. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, respond to message him on Instagram. <laughs> um, he, one of our fans messaged me and was like, dude, it's so, it's so good to see Bryce getting all this kind of attention now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I sent that to Bryce. I was like, dude, if nothing else that you got out of this podcast, you got at least, you made a fan. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm proud mm-hmm. of that for him. You know, like I'm glad that we were able to do at least, pull through our end of the bargain for bringing him on, you know? Yeah. We had him on the show yeah. and we, we talked almost, almost nothing about martial arts for the most part. Which was the goal. Honestly, I, I don't want to talk to, I don't want to talk to, uh, these people like it, it you bring Tom Cruise on, are you going to talk about mission impossible? No, I'm talking no. about Scientology. Exactly. I'm going to figure out what, like what makes Tom Cruise tick. And I tell, I told Bryce um, that when we brought him on the first time, I said, Hey man, if there's something you don't want to talk about, let me know now. Cause otherwise we're probably gonna talk about everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I can't control the flow of the conversation. No. Either. Speaking of which, Lizzie did bring up a good point after our Phantom episode that we'll, nobody will ever hear. It was a really good episode too. Yeah. I we should get back into over. Bryce too. Cause we did this last time too. But uh, she brought up a, g- a good point that uh, we just need to bring in more guests. It's getting stale between the two, between the three of us. You had it right the first time. Uh, the, between the two of us. Yeah. Lizzie is the only one fla- with flavor. That's right. Um, but it's getting, it's, yeah, it's getting stale. I, I think I hear us say the same things over and over again sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, not again. Uh, even out of myself. So we just need to do better about that. But Bryce. Yep. So uh, Bryce won. He won. So now Twister. that brings him to 3 0 in the UFC. Uh, and depending on how you look at it, and you, I think me and you talked about this. Um, Technically, he's eleven and zero mm-hmm. as a as a pro, but on some forums you look at, it has him as eleven and one because of the, the Ultimate Fighter Fighter episode. Yeah, yeah. which it had that I think had that been on a previous season that wasn't live, mm-hmm. it wouldn't show up at all. Yeah, and the thing is, is the UFC themselves 
go back and forth between whether or not they show yeah. that loss or not. Yeah, I've seen him. You do know, that. it just depends. But yeah, so now he's three and zero. This was a very decisive victory, though. Yeah. Um, when he fought Bobby Moffat, that was a tough fight. Yeah, that was a real tough. He's had fight. a couple of really close ones. Yes, like, and it's weird because when you have that emotional connection to a person, you know, both of us have a, a close relationship with him, both his training partners and his friends. And when you see um, somebody like that, when I watch TJ on the Contender Series, mm -hmm. oh my god! It, like everybody was getting pissed off at me because we were watching it at Westside on a giant screen. Um, and I had it on my app because the, the computer they were using kept lagging and crashing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to miss anything. So I went on my ESPN plus app and watched it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was about 10 seconds ahead of what they were watching. So like I saw TJ get knocked down and almost not completely unconscious. Yeah before they did. So I was like, fuck. And they're like, shut up. And then they see him <laughs> drop, you know? And then I saw him win before everyone else did. Yeah. I talked to TJ about that. And um, I said, man, you, that recovery you had after getting knocked down was, uh, was amazing. Like, I mean, you got knocked the fuck down and then almost immediately got right back into the game. Yeah. He said, he doesn't remember the, that the rest of the match from mm -hmm. that match. As soon as he got knocked down, he doesn't really remember the rest. Yeah. I've it took had, him a minute to I've, get back on, on speed, but you, you saw his training takeover. He went in for like a low single and like he was, he looked like he was back in the game. Yeah. But he said like mentally he wasn't, it was his body just going through the motions. There's a couple of like varying degrees of that, that I've had where like, I've had definitely had that instance. I've been knocked out to where like, I just don't remember the rest of the evening really. Mm -hmm. Like I remember bits and pieces of it. There's, um, I've been choked unconscious where it's just this gap where you all of a sudden like. It's not getting it back. The, yeah. This piece happened in your life that you don't, you weren't a part of. Uh, somebody fast forward, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I've been, I've been rocked too where like, I don't remember the rest of a round or something, but I, there's been times too where uh, I think mostly I've felt it in training where I've been hit hard enough where I feel my body going through the actions, but my brain isn't. It's it doesn't crazy. feel like my brain is attached to the actions that mm -hmm. are happening in my in my body at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really man. There are weird things that happen whenever people hit that that button. I had a coach um, that had a really interesting way of preparing people for like the knockout activities. He would have um, he would have us roll backwards like over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. to get really dizzy yeah and then stand up and have to hit a couple hit of shots and stuff like that yeah, yeah. hit mitts and do shots and i was like and, and i remember thinking like well this is i don't know if this is valuable or not because i've never been knocked out or unconscious or anything like that but it seemed to be a pretty a, a lot of coaches have done that i guess yeah. technique or whatever but i've never been rocked so i don't know, you know? i think that it's um I don't know necessarily if it helps whenever you're knocked unconscious, but I think it's an important like lesson to learn, mm -hmm. you know, like to, to see like, this is how difficult it is. And then calm. And you're just spinning around in a circle. It's crazy. Right. And that's how important that like training is, I think. Yeah. And so this was, this was the second twister submission. So Bryce got a twister submission, mm -hmm. which is the second submission, twister submission in UFC history. Yep. We um, were much more enthusiastic about this the last episode. Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> we were so excited about it. Now I just feel like I'm. I've I've been telling people this for because we've been talking about it for like a you know, yeah, two days now. My classes, everybody's been asking mm -hmm. and talking about. I showed the twister today in geek. Did class. you really? Yeah, nice. I've been put in Bryce's twister multiple, multiple times. Um, Same. Yeah, it's 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 real, and it's funny. My buddy hit me up and was like, uh, he's like. 
because my buddy used to do like Eddie Bravo stuff way back in like 06, 07. To mm -hmm. the point where our instructor was like, you need to stop fucking doing that. It's stupid. Yeah. And then it's like, here it is, like fast forward over 12 years later. And he messaged me on Instagram. and was like, ah, I saw Bryce, your boy got that twister. You know, and it's almost like he was kind of saying like, oh, I remember all those times I wasn't allowed to do it. Who's laughing now? Right. So it's like, well, you didn't do it, but, you know, Bryce did. And uh, he just, Bryce got hooked on that, on that position and was just, no matter who he trained with. Who didn't, he didn't care who, he didn't care who he was training with. That was his goal. Yeah. He was, and he still was doing it up until like two days before the fight. He was putting everybody in twisters mm -hmm. and getting them out. And it's a weird submission, dude. Like I've only, like I said yesterday, for those of you guys who were listening, uh, <laughs> me, <laughs> yeah, I've only been, uh, put in the twister by one other person and it was Levi Moles, which is uh, he's a Brandon quick, uh, black belt. And when we talked about the fact that we were in the same division, so, um, but he had put me in that twister, in a nogi fight and it didn't hurt. He wasn't really doing it very good. I just didn't know how to get out. And I just remember thinking like, if I wait this out, I'm still going to lose the fight, but I'm also like making other people have to wait for this fight to be over. <laughs> and so I'm just going to go ahead and tap that way. The next guy can come in and get his training and, you know, get his fight out of the way and stuff. But like, um, which was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, the uh, dude did, I think somebody like rubbed their butthole on my windscreen because my eyes all itchy all of a sudden. Oh man. I got pink eye from. Somebody farted on it. Yeah. It's gonna be. Mm. That's what I'm doing next. I was petting Nora a minute ago and she farted. Oh yeah. It was so bad. Nora. That's not what ladies do. <laughs> um, it came out of the bottom though. It's, I don't know. it's close to her vagina. It's funny that like to, you know, when like a band pops up on the radio and like, you know, you understand because we've played music and we understand the process of getting to the point of being on the radio mm -hmm. or, you know, being a, having success with that kind of thing. And so I, I automatically think of like, I bet these guys have been on the road for like 10 years trying to crack at this and doing this out and the other. And uh, it's surprising how many people ask me like, so does like, how long has Bryce been training? Like he's only been doing this a couple of years. Like he's really young, you know? I'm like, dude, he's been doing it since he was 14. Yep. He's been fighting since he was like 16, mm -hmm. you know, and like beating grown adults since he was 16. And he's been doing it. I mean, he's been doing it for at least 10 years, 12 years. Yeah. He just, nobody outside of our small circle of, of community knew of him. That's yeah. the only thing. Well, cause again, he doesn't, um, he, he's that person that lets his success speak for itself mm -hmm. and he doesn't, he doesn't talk. He doesn't do any of that. He just works. That's it. All he does is work. And uh, that's part of, a big part of his success is that attitude. But uh, it's interesting to just hear other people's perspective of it. Like, wow, I had no idea that he was um, he was so good at jiu-jitsu or yeah. that he'd been doing this for so long. He's a black belt. Um, I think you and I talked about it where it was mentioned that he was a brown belt in yeah. jiu-jitsu. No, he, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, Willie gave him his black belt mm -hmm. uh, about two years ago, three yeah. years ago. So he's... He's been, I want to say it would have been, it would have been, um, less than that. He got his black belt after me. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> no big deal. No big deal. Uh, well, I outrank both of you. So, I mean, I was up there in line. Uh, I was your, your mentor. If you, <laughs> uh, you can call me a mentor, I guess. Big brother, whatever you want to call it. I don't like to subscribe to terms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he is a black belt and he's a legitimately good black oh, belt man, too. He's good. And he'll tell you though, too, like. He, um, he just doesn't do gi enough mm -hmm. and he just doesn't feel, he doesn't feel adequate in the gi and like he, he's honest about that. And, um, he, he said to me, he's like, you know, whenever I'm done, like 
fighting, I'll probably spend more time in the gi. Yeah, and um, he knows but, techniques, but his his game is so um it's at 100 percent no gi. Yes, and his, so. he, even his stand-up is he he's one of the better um guys that's built his stand-up around his wrestling. Mm-hmm. It feeds into it so well. Yeah, the way he takes shots off of the off of his punches and, mm-hmm. and things like that and sets up the the counters. Um you know and I always I, I tell people this about TJ and I've said this before. Um if you ever if you ever want to see like a, a highlight of a fighter who just makes it look fucking good, it's TJ Brown. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you when you watch his highlight videos, his his he he makes it look like the movies want it to look. Yeah. Uh, his style, his movement, everything, his posture, like everything. When I watch him wrestle, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he hits the way that he hits everything, it it just looks perfect. Those are my favorite kind of fighters to yeah. watch because like I've I've always been a big big Jose Aldo fan mm-hmm. because when you watch him strike, it's like that's the way that I teach how to kick in my class. That's right. the way how I teach to to punch in my class. Um, stuff like that. Like they're doing the right things. And then yeah. when you watch like the Diaz brothers, you're like, what in the fuck? Yeah, this exactly. Is horrid. And then it went, it went. And then you and it win, works, so you can't argue like, it. But at the same time, right. you're, like, you're like, it's not. No, that's not how not it's supposed it. to go. <laughs> no, and that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, because and that's not to say that Bryce doesn't look good when he's when he's winning and his highlights aren't awesome either. But like, it's just from uh, like it, it, Bryce, Bryce. I mean, Bryce turns it into a dog fight. That's, he does. That's what he, exactly. that's his specialty. He's and, great at that. He wants to. He wants to attach himself to you mm-hmm. and and make you wear him like a backpack. Until you just can't anymore, yep. and uh, yeah, and TJ is much more of that slick. Uh, mm-hmm. I've said it before; he's one of the only people that I've sparred with that uh, I've caught actively trying to set me up. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will try and set traps for people, but it's rare in this area, just because we don't have a lot right. of kickboxers. Uh, it's it's rare for me to kickbox with somebody that I'll see them start to set traps mm-hmm. that are like actively trying to trick me and uh, tj is one of the only people in the area that will do he's that. got some slick stuff and yeah. him and i think him and bill bartley Bar- i'm probably barton gonna, barton sorry bill barton i didn't want to make his name i see him every day at the gym um phenomenal muay thai kick by um uh, coach in this area um and he, he does do some work at, at west side he does privates and stuff he, he doesn't teach any of the classes there mm-hmm. but he does privates and stuff and he does work with TJ and um, man, they, they had developed this, this like faint to a leg uh, head kick kite thing. And that's what he was knocking people out with. TJ yeah. knocked like three guys out in a row with that thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's just, when you watch it, you're just, you're watching, you're thinking, how is it possible? How is that guy falling for that? Mm. Because I don't, I don't know. But that's the thing is I'm not a boxer. I'm not a kickboxer. So I, I don't there. It's like a video, you know, it's like a computer program. They're looking for a pattern. And so like with the one where he knocked the guy out in uh, Oklahoma, I believe it was, you see the guy dip into the kick and it's because of the way he was setting it up. The guy thinks he's going to actually like slip yeah, whatever so, punch is supposed to be coming next. And it's and instead it, it ends with a leg kick. I forget what stance uh, he was. He's he orthodox was in, normally. Uh, well, he, he'll switch back and forth, but um, I, I forget what stance he, he was in and I, I don't remember exactly how this worked, but 
if you're throwing, uh, you're say if I'm throwing, I'm right-handed, so my my right side is my rear side. If I'm throwing my rear kick, it should look like I'm throwing my rear uh, cross, mm-hmm. my my right my right straight. Um, and so they start off the exact same. So if you program somebody by throwing jab cross, jab cross, jab cross, they start to anticipate that right hand coming. They're going to slip off of that. Well, next time that you throw jab cross, instead of that, you start that cross and then the kick comes over instead. A lot of people will dip right into it. That's what happened. It's, yeah. it's so crazy to see it. And like, you know, um, I'm glad to see it though, because we're, you're seeing that with the right training partners and with the right coaches surrounding you, you don't have to go to a huge team. You don't yeah. have to go to an American top team. You don't have to go to, you know, Pat Militich was doing it back in the day. That wasn't a big team. That was some random gym in Idaho or uh, Iowa that was small time, you know, and, um, but created tons and tons of champions. Yeah. And people started traveling from all over the place, uh, to train there with Pat Militich at his Militich fighting systems. Um, I'm not saying that Westside's going to become that, but Arkansas is getting put on the map and it's thanks to TJ and it's thanks to uh, Bryce Mitchell and, and people like myself, um, (laughs) (laughs) people like us, (laughs) the rough and tumble podcast, of course. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, TJ's fight in February in the UFC. It'll be his first UFC debut. Yeah. I wish him all the luck in the world. I can only imagine the nerves that he must, must be going through. So I really hope that we should bring it up and make sure we should actually get him on the show and then only talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So how are your nerves? What are your nerves? Are you nervous? And then make him listen to that episode of the podcast right before the fight. Yeah. So he's reminded. Man, I can't even think of, imagine what it's like to be punched in the face. How do you deal with that? (laughs) On front of everybody on TV. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the reason I mentioned that is because we talked earlier about how, how nerve wracking it can be to have a personal attachment yeah. to the person who's up there doing that. Right. You know? It is. Dude, I'm always more nervous whenever like my friends are fighting. <laughs> oh and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. The, uh, we were, Oh shit. I had a point to make and you talked too long. You didn't let me cut you off and now I can't damn it. Great. Um, store of my life. We're going to, we need more guests on here. So they can <laughs> fill the air. <laughs> um, we have the microphone to do it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we just need to kick Bop off the show, and get, only when we have a guest. Yeah, we can get a fourth microphone pretty easy. Well, I got, you, you I got a sugar daddy. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Daniel, you know what time it is? Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what I was going to talk about, but it's fine. I'm super proud of Bryce. I think this is like the coolest thing for him. It's the coolest thing for this area, um, and just to see him have the success and start to gain the notoriety. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, to your, to your statement of about Arkansas, about Arkansas and people are realizing that it, you don't have to go to these huge camps. I think the thing that is changing in people's perception is they're realizing that the expert, they're surrounded by experts. There's, you, you can find experts in Mm -hmm. any field, in any state in the United States right now. Um, and it's just about collecting those people and doing the right things, Yep, you know, and like, uh, Ronda Rousey is a good example. She had a bad coach. She had a really bad coach and it fucked her career. However, um, because she did the work, she got to where she was. Yeah. You know and, what then, I'm saying? and then everybody else started doing their work and then right. she had nowhere else to go. Right. Um, you know, her mom, that's part of her. I think that's a lot of her fault though. Oh yeah, like of course she, it is. But what do you, imagine how she must've felt like, so let's think about that. The coach that she was with from the beginning brought her into that position. Yeah. So, now you're in a position where 
you have to say this isn't her mom. Apparently, from what I read, her mom was begging her find another coach. Yeah. This is not, he's not going to he's not going to be able to give you the things that you need. But how do you have that conversation? That'd yeah. be like that'd be like you and Lizzie going, "Hey, Mitch, um, it's been fun, but we we had a conversation, and we don't think that you should be on the show anymore." Dude, did you hear us? No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you left the microphone on. And so uh, I was right here when you had it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, You weren't even hiding it. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, because my buddy, uh, so Dustin Poirier yeah. out of Gladiator Academy with Tim Crater down south um, in Louisiana. I remember when Dustin went to American Top Team and mm -hmm. it's because Tim had a real conversation and he was like, bro, you're going to have to go somewhere else. We, I don't have the training partners for you here right yeah, now. These things. Are, that's a big part of it is the training partners. Yeah. And so, but he, as a coach, he was able to say, this is what's best for you. Yeah. Well, I think in Ronda Rousey's situation, he honestly still felt that he could give her. And it was like, no, I got you here. We're doing this together because I need you more than you need me. Really. And they could have, they could have still done it. Had but he, had he needed, been able yeah. to say, Let's bring other people in. Again, yeah. like what I said in the Phantom episode, like you have to be able to be real with yourself mm -hmm. and say like, these are my weaknesses and I need to surround myself with people that can fill those yeah. gaps. If not for my own uh, knowledge and my own coaching, if not for that, then my, like uh, I have a wrestling coach that comes in from CBC and does my wrestling class. Mm -hmm. I'm almost never there whenever he's there because I hate wrestling and I'm done with it. <laughs> I did my time. It's just like my dieting. I did my time at wrestling. Yeah. And uh, I know how to wrestle and it sucks and I'm done. <laughs> I love wrestling. I, I hate it. I it's love it. a nightmare. But I'm a, I'm, I, I prefer to make, like most of my jujitsu is uh, scramble induced. Yeah. Or scramble reliant. And so I do a lot of work off of underhooks and develop and, and inducing scrambles mm -hmm. and, tr and then allowing my athleticism to outpace people in a lot of times. Um, I don't mind wrestling if, um, I can punch and kick and yeah. use a wall. Yeah. Honestly, for sure. I can, I can wrestle on the wall all day. That's no problem. Well, you had good wrestling, um, against Jeremy Miller and the, uh, submission pro in, in Tennessee. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. I was like, I didn't expect you to be able to, to down block and have a good sprawl like that. Not to say that you don't have that, but I just remember thinking like, good, I'm glad that that's working out. Cause that's yeah. going to, you know. Cause I think he shot in on a single or he was going in on something. Mm -hmm. And I remember your sprawl was super heavy and stuff and you were cutting the corner and angle. And I was like, nice singles. Yeah. I'll give up single legs so that I can defend them. Cause I have a lot of mm -hmm. attacks based off of that. And I have, well, like I said at the seminar, like I have, uh, I base my jujitsu off of my attributes and my right. balance is one of them. So like even Josh Root the other day, we had a scramble he ended up ultimately, I think, I'll, I'll say I pulled guard. <laughs> well, I don't know who that is, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. The person that we don't speak of. Uh, bleep. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he picked up my leg and I was like hopping around for quite yeah. a while. Like I can, I can stay on that leg for quite a while. Ultimately, he did take me down. But Yeah, I think I proved that the best way to take you down is to get both your feet off the ground. Yeah, that is, that's the <laughs> so, trick. <laughs> and even then, because you planted your hand during that fireman's carry and I had to really... I had to elevate you more, but your arms are as long as my legs. I'll cartwheel out of those yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do the same when people pull guard as I'll hit that cartwheel pass. I like the fast. cartwheel pass off that too. The I got um, arm barred for it one time though. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I sucked. do a, 
a good X pass, like a jumping X pass off of the guard pool that I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually drilled it over and over again in anticipation of you pulling guard against me in the brown belt match. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't pull guard, but, yeah. um, but because of that drilling, it became like a, an actual uh, go-to technique for me when people pull guard. So, Good. I'm glad I could do that. So for you. you actually improved my game without by by actually not going through the game plan that we planned. You're so, welcome. You're Every welcome. time I look at the computer, I like see it. I am like, oh my god, it's frozen. I know. I keep looking at it. I I'm was so just, stressed about it now. <laughs> cool. I stare at the uh, the bars, the mm-hmm. jumping bars there, and that's uh, so that's how I noticed it yesterday when it stopped. I was like, it stopped with them like at full volume. Yeah. So you see the you see where the it says the CPU and it's kind of changing down at the bottom under mm-hmm. the numbers. Um, that's what you have to look at. Oh, okay. Because if that hits, uh, it's at like forty one percent, forty percent right now. If that, it'll get up sometimes to where it's in the red mm-hmm. and it's like eighty percent, and that's what that's what causes oh. the crash a lot of times. I think we had just gotten to the point where we were two fucking hours in. Yeah. That file was forty five gig. Uh, large so like that's and that's because with the addition of the com- of the camera the camera okay yeah. like yeah because i was gonna say we were doing before we our first episode ever which a lot of people don't know this our episode one was almost four hours long it was like three hours something like that it was yeah long. we talked for a really we really, just kept going I edited those first couples I down i don't think that i have those files anymore that sucks because it was a shitty episode yeah but like it was funny because we we had all these great ideas, but we didn't know how to incorporate them. So we're like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna do all of them." Yeah, because we had the John Cena belt, we had the book oh, from the right. cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, yeah, I still have because we our our goal, we were like, we're gonna read a page out of this cult book. Oh, we never did. We never did. We we need to do like a a recap of all of our episodes. I know. Um, it's I was thinking about it the other day. Remember how much how like worried we were that we would offend somebody or yeah. like. At first, we're like, oh my you God, were more we worried than I was. I, yeah, I'm always stressed about it. See, well, it's like with the flag thing. Like we we realized that. Oh, I know. Apparently, I hung the flag uh, backwards, and it was offensive, and it made me feel bad. I don't give a shit if people like say things to towards me. Mm-hmm. I don't like that guy. He's a piece of shit or whatever. But then, whenever people think that I have the intentions that I don't, that's mm-hmm. whenever I'm like. I get super paranoid. I get like really, really anxious. And so like when that popped up, I was like, oh my God, I hope- People like, think you're anti-American. Yeah. Well, because they already know you're an atheist and anti-Christian. Right, so. of course. And then I felt like, <laughs> I, then I started thinking about, I was like, dude, I'm going to get like the, the door kicked in one day. They're going to come in here thinking that I'm like in some militia. I know. And I have this big, weird American flag hung backwards behind it's me. It's like a stuff. symbol. Yeah, you know, I'm, you ma- I'm in here making like videos. Uh, you could have easily just argued and said, "No, it's because the camera reverses it." Yeah, and so <laughs> nobody would have known. About that. Uh, yeah, somebody would have caught us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah th- that's the same thing with Reddit. I'm all I can't stand Reddit because every fucking yeah. time I get on there, they're like, "You misspelled a word," or one time I it's put so on there uh, something about like. Here's one to the girls that will do things. It was like something about an ex-girlfriend or something uh, about her like going hiking with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, this is, you know, she's sucking it up and doing it because she knows that I love I love it. And uh, he's like, how about one for the girl- girlfriends that do it because they love it too? Or we don't force our girlfriends to do things <laughs> they don't like. I'm like, come on, guys. That's not what the fuck we're talking about. I'm, the- I'm not here like, guys, I drug her out here by her <laughs> feet. I hit her over the head and now she has. <laughs> what drives those people? is honestly the safety of the computer. That's what drives, because if you meet those person in real life, I don't mean to say that they would avoid conflict. What I'm saying is if you met that person in real life, they're not as big and bad as they make themselves seem. You know, they are, there's a lot of power 
behind not con from con confronting someone. I think people get off on the idea of like proving somebody wrong mm -hmm. and the idea like what you're saying about like um, people cheating at a video game. Right. I think it's more about them seeing you react to them cheating. Almost like a, a, a weird level of trolling. Yeah. Like they're getting off on getting a reaction out of you. It's the same. It's bullying. We've talked about this mm -hmm. before. Trolling is bullying. And I don't know where all of a sudden we, well, as a culture, we're like, this is okay now. See, and, and I, we were so anti-bullying for a while. I know. And we, well, we, we still are to an extent. Uh, we are, there's a paradigm shift taking place. I just, I think we can agree on that because, um, you know, the, the most prolific things that we were dealing with for a while, there was like the me too movement and like mm -hmm. cyberbullying and all this other stuff. And it seems like now nobody, it's like everybody, it's like we're reverting back to nobody really cares anymore. You know, they, they're not as passionate about the movements as they were like Antifa and you were seeing like, and maybe it's because I don't have Facebook. Maybe that stuff still is going on. I just don't see it because I'm not plugged into the network. It's just not the hot thing right, right. now. Right now it's all Obviously it's still going on. I get it. Have you been paying attention to anything I have about no idea. Yeah. So I I could ask Bryce Mitchell, but Yeah. I listen to NPR like constantly. That's yeah. the, I never have a like the ability to listen to my music in my car. So right. and I don't want to listen to garbage, so I listen to NPR. Um and it's painful some a lot of the time, but they have the impeachment hearings on mm -hmm. constantly right now. And dude, it's like one of them today, they were like yelling at each other. And these are like the, they, they even said it on air. Like this is the height of civility. Like this is where mm -hmm. you'll see all of the formal proceedings and all of that kind of thing with government and judges and all of that. Um, and they're like, they're in there yelling at each other. There was at one point where this guy's like, uh, he's just like, you won't answer the question. So I'm shutting it down. I'm not going to answer, ask any more questions because you're too afraid. I mean, like he's just yelling at this silliness. Dude. And uh, the guy probably deserved to be yelled at, but like, it's just insane. Like everything is so crazy right now. And not only that, um, the the arguments are so weird. Um, so I'm 36. You're what? 33, 32, yeah, 32, 32. Yeah. And so wait, how old am I? I don't know. Am I 33? You I told me yesterday. I just couldn't remember what you said. Honestly, I don't remember if I'm 32 or 33. I think That's I'm fair. 32. What I was born, born in 1987. I'm coming up on 33. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we're in here, doing the, we're in here doing the math. <laughs> March, doing the math. March will be 33. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you're but the thing is, is <laughs> <laughs> we're adults, but look at the you're adults. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I'm this many. You're a towel. <laughs> I'm this many. <laughs> <laughs> but we look at it and go, um, the stupid, silly shit that we do. And so then we, and we're adults. And then we see people in Congress and Senate and things like that. And we're like, well, those people are roughly the same age as we are. If we're capable of this retarded, oh, yeah. immature yeah. behavior, obviously so are they, yeah. you know? And I don't, I don't have any, so I actually have a friend that I grew up with playing music with him. I know him personally. I have a friend that knows him personally who became a um, senator then was uh is now in prison for what for did we talk um, about this no i don't think so actually and i'm not going to bring his name up yeah in, you don't have to because i actually do know this person what does it rhyme with <laughs> the, it'd be too easy to figure <laughs> out um but anyways he uh yes he apparently was somehow he was he was funneling money from somewhere mm -hmm. or something 
Um, but yeah, he's in he's in prison now for it. it and this weird? guy, I mean, he was he was me. You know, like, yeah, exactly. It was it was, and he knew he wanted to be a politician. Then he was, you know, he was always making sure that he was clear of any kind of crazy stuff. Because it might come on. back. He played in a in a Dixon Street bar band. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's just crazy because like I can definitely imagine myself getting to that position and a being around the culture of like, uh, you know, it happens everywhere. You know, everybody's doing it. You you know that people are influencing each other to do mm-hmm. it. Um, so being around that constantly and then being being in a position where you're like, well, I can fudge that number a little bit. And yeah, make no a, one's going to know. Make an extra 50 grand. You know, like. Well, we do, do it in our everyday lives. We just oh, do it absolutely. On, on lower capacity. How many times you know? does a business take cash instead of so uh, that they don't cards have to put so taxes have on pay it. taxes? Yeah. It's the same thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, Mm-mm. honestly. It's still your money. Yeah. And I don't think that you're stealing from anybody. You're not stealing. Honestly, who, we who shouldn't would you be, be paying those taxes from? to begin with. Yeah. Like, but the fact that like he's doing it, he did it on a larger scale that earned him more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, oh, dude, I just don't know. When you're seeing like millions of dollars coming through and you're like, what's 50 grand? This money. And you know, too, like Conway has a, um, they have a this giant fucking Christmas tree yeah. in downtown. It costs them like $150,000 to get this Christmas tree. Is it a real tree? No. no. Uh, it's a fake tree? The, it's a fake tree. The first year, they it was broken. They couldn't get it set up. So then they had to put it in a storage facility. That storage facility went out of business. So then the city literally had to break into their premises and steal it back from them. Oh, wow. Like the cops were telling me I want to be on this. that. And then, uh, so, and then somebody had found the exact same Christmas tree on like Costco website or something for like five grand. And so everybody's like, okay, where did that money go? So you so, said they spent 150000 I don't know what the exact numbers are, but we're going to say- Because for some reason in my head, all I heard was 150. That's 150000 something Jesus. like, something outrageous right. like that. Yeah, I don't know you're, exactly you're not a comp troller, so- Right, but, um, and, and and then like it ended up actually only costing like fifteen grand mm. or something. See it all the time. And so people were like, where the fuck did all this other money go to? Um, stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, that uh, was funneled into something. Let me see if I can find it real quick. We had a we had a big deal happen with the Air Force recently. It was a big um, fraud, waste, and abuse deal. So, you know, the Air Force has a program called Fraud, Waste, and Abuse. And the idea is, is that, like, if you identify that someone or an entity is misusing um, assets in such a way that it is fraud, waste, or abuse, mm-hmm. um, there's a process to, to report it. Um, but um, th- this – they had found – they had done, like, a review – and found that the this unit was buying like these five thousand dollar coffee cups, and like we we're and like somebody pointed it out and was like, "Wait the fuck a second. It was yeah. like a senator that had found it through something like that. It was like, "You're telling me that we have like we're we're on a defense budget right now where we don't have the money to even put planes in the air sometimes, and you guys are buying five thousand dollar coffee cups." Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck else are you guys doing? And so they went and re- and I'm going to see if I can find it, but it was, it was fairly silly, silly. And then now the coffee cup wasn't like a coffee cup. It was like this special cup that like, it was like a Keurig type thing. And it was yeah. on this one particular aircraft or something like that. And and you guys can go Google it. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but they came and looked at it and they found it and they were like, what the fuck? It would be, it had been like hundred, like hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. over the course of several years. Out of and so, what happens is is when a military unit gets their budget for the year. Yeah. So a two, one of two things happens. One, the goal is to always have your budget increased every year so you can have more money. Mm-hmm. Two, everybody freaks out at the end of the year 
because they haven't spent all their money. And if they don't spend their money, then whatever's left over, their budget shrinks by that much the next year. Mm -hmm. So if you have a $200,000 budget, at the end of the year, you have $10,000 left. Well, the next year's budget is going to be $190,000. Yeah. So then everybody freaks. And that's really what was going on was they they were like, we have this money. We've got to get rid of it. And so they just started buying frivolous things. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time in my unit all the time. Like they'll be like, uh, all right, who needs, uh, you guys cool with these $50 pens? Mm-hmm. Like, well, what does it do? It writes underwater. Well, if I'm underwater in an airplane, I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the new submarine plane. Right. It's a new submarine plane. Uh, and that's, I'm just kidding. Like our unit's really good about allocating money appropriately, but, um, but you see it sometimes, yeah. you know? And I'm so, sure too that the Air Force knows that they're gonna, you know, yeah. like, that you're gonna spend a little bit of extra money on stuff. That's fine, but like, but you see five thousand dollar coffee cups is a little it, bit. It was it was pretty insane, and uh, like I said, everybody can go Google it. You'll see if you just type in Air Force spends five thousand dollars on coffee cups, it'll come up. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all you have to put in the Google search bar. Um, have you ever seen that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes, um, where D is like dating this politician. And she thinks that like, he's like this big wig Senator and like, uh, whatever, but he's just a comptroller, which is basically just the treasurer for like Philadelphia. I don't think I have seen that. Oh, it's so good because like he, he's, she's going around like telling everybody that she's dating a Senator, a politician, all that stuff. And then, but it turns out, he finds out that he's cheating on his wife Mm -hmm. and like his wife catches him and like is yelling at D and is making fun of her and her husband. And it's like, Thomas, you're just a fucking comptroller. You know, you're not fucking John Gotti. Like, what do you like? Because he had built up this whole thing. Like he was this really important senator, you know, yeah. and all that, you know, but he was really just a treasurer. Um, go out there and check it out, guys. But <laughs> it's an ad, bro. It's always funny. It's, I love that show. <laughs> it's a great show. It's so good. That show um, is one of my favorite shows. And then Letterkenny. I know we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Easily one of my favorite shows. Like that humor is just absolutely awesome for me. Um we talked about on the last episode, we wanted, this is just classic fail, uh, by Johnny and Mitch. We wanted to talk about another band, uh, and do oh, like yeah. an album review of a band called Jank. Uh, I freaking love their albums. Great music. Turns out they're fucking scumbags that are. At least the lead singer is. The lead, yeah, lead singer is a scumbag that likes little kids. Um, well, I still don't know what the full story is on what You can't get a whole lot of information. It yeah. just... Well, and the thing is, is that led us to talking about the Jesse Lacey thing right. brand new. Which they've taken off of uh, Spotify, apparently. Yeah. Like Spotify playlists and rewinds. You know, and I thought it was weird because when I, when I shared my Instagram story with my Spotify stuff after you did it... Yeah. Um, I know that I had listened to a shit ton of brand new <laughs> yeah. and none of it was on there. Right. It didn't show any of the brand new stuff. And the thing is, is I don't listen to that much Incubus and it had Incubus listed as my number one band. And that's I was weird. like, that's not possible. Yeah. I didn't, I've listened to way more Luke Combs <laughs> and like, than I have Incubus in the past year. It's probably good that our, our last episode, I went into defending Jesse Lacey. Uh, a little bit too much, and uh, I yeah, you, I feel guilty about that. So now I, I'm glad we didn't release that. Yeah, it's true because at one point I thought I was going to thought I was going to have to have the conversation with you where uh, Mitch Hall says, "Johnny, you can't keep blaming the victim." Yeah, <laughs> like it just seems fishy, you know. Like no, I get it, man. And I've been around those like groupies at the yeah. 15 year old groupies, and they'll absolutely do everything they can to to entrap you. I've and seen th- it with slippery grown slope. women, right? Yeah. That's a slippery one because. You and I, like you said, we, we've been there. We've been around 
um, what we were both bass players, so we didn't get we got to watch the other band members have sex with really hot chicks. Yeah, um, that's actually one of the rules as the bass players. You <laughs> yeah. watch other members have sex. You with don't ever girls. you don't you, you never get to touch though. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just too busy drinking Long Island iced teas. <laughs> so, um, but it's a slippery slope because on one hand, right, you're right. You can't. They were still the victim of an adult. Right. So you have to be okay with, you have to, you have to mention it. But at the same time, you're like, fuck man, like they have some personal responsibility for yeah. your actions. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like if you're, if you think that you're adult enough to be having those actions, then you're adult enough to tell that person your age so that they can make an mm-hmm. adult decision. Because with Jesse Lacey, you know, but the, the we first did, one, we did come to the conclusion that he knew we believe her age. We, we believe, believe that he knew her age and still one. continued yes. um, through with it. But there was the instance of like, and I heard I heard another story about this uh, the other day of just like women being sexually harassed in the workplace. And whereas, and I I, I can I totally understand this because I could totally see myself doing something similar, being put in a, a situation. But the women, even though they were sexually harassed, and even though beforehand, if you had asked them, hey, if this if a person in the workplace asked you this, what would you do? They'd be mm-hmm. like, I'd tell them off and I'd leave. Right. Well, whenever it actually happens, they don't for some reason. And it happened with Anita Hill in 91 mm-hmm. when that with a senator that was sexually harassing or whatever. Well, um, after all of the sexual harassment took place, she still chose, even though she was given the opportunity to go work somebody somewhere else, she still, she still followed him and stayed working for mm-hmm. him, um, followed him to a new job. And so that immediately put doubt into everybody's mind. They're like, oh, she's making it up. Why would she do that if he was actually doing these things um, that were so terrible? Well, you can, you can, it can be a true story, but then like um, with the Me Too stuff, right? Yeah. The, with, um, was it Feinstein? No, that was uh, Weinstein. Weinstein. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. They knew what was being done to them was not okay. Right. They knew that they didn't want to do it. But at the same time, they also understood, unfortunately, that it was a part of the disgusting process of getting into that place. And it's also so, the abuse of power. Why do we always yes. get into this conversation? We're always talking know. about this shit. This but, is what I'm saying. We need some guests so we, <laughs> we can stop talking about people getting harassed and sexually abused. I know. But the point was, was uh, lead singer, brand new, apparently is a scumbag, and uh, Skype the girl jerking off when she was like tw- when she was like 22 is when she got the yeah the, yeah the end of the article they should have just left it out because mm-hmm. then they were like uh she she said that he skyped her when when she was like 22 like later right. on and well for context like, their first contact was when she was 16 yeah so she was 16 he was 22 23 years old he they exchanged emails they were talking on messenger hey, he was girl. hitting her up he was wanting nude pictures and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so apparently, and then he, and then he did call her on Skype and he was jerking off. And she said that she just didn't do anything about she's it. Like, she yeah, just she's, watched it apparently. And the thing is, is she doesn't go, she doesn't explain the part where she goes, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to get off the phone with him, but I felt trapped. Yeah. She, she goes, <laughs> she she's like, I, I wanted just... to get off the phone. I just, I couldn't. And I don't know why I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. That's essentially what she said. You know, and so it's like, but it doesn't mm. say that. It just says that he skyped her jerking off, basically, and I didn't stop. Yeah, I didn't stop watching. Yeah, I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> I, 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 she's like, no. She said, I know I should have turned it off, but for some reason I couldn't. That's what he said. Yeah, that's what she said. 
And um, which leads me to like uh, the lead singer I of one wanted... of the biggest bands in that genre is wanting to bang you, and he's not an unattractive person. Right. And if you're single, why not? Yeah. And why wouldn't you, dude? If I were if I were 15, I'd be like, hell yeah, fuck, I'd be yeah. all about this. You yeah. realize I don't even get attention from people my own age. Mm-hmm. And so that was something like that she had mentioned in the, the article. Biggest, the biggest, the you know, singer of the biggest band ever. Yeah, she like, mentioned that um, he was the first one to tell her that she that's was right. pretty. Yeah, yeah. You know, something to that effect. Whether it was true or not, we don't know. But that's what was in the article. And what's interesting too is like, and here's here's a valid point to anything. I mean, obviously, don't have sex with minors. But here's a point to make, and that is that whenever, so for instance, like a toddler, they're having like just a really terrible day. That's probably the worst fucking day of their life. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They've only been alive for like two years. That's quite possibly at least top five worst days of their life. Yeah, Normal day for months, you yeah. could totally be worst day of their life. Yeah. A 15-year-old girl, that quite possibly could be her first interaction with a male. Mm-hmm. It could be her very first time that she's told that she's pretty by somebody that's not her parents. Agreed, considering the amount of time that she had on the earth. Right. At that and moment. S- yeah, and so I agree. you've got to... Um, You've got to take that into consideration with those kinds of things. I mean, obviously, it shouldn't even be something that needs to be taken in consideration. No, I agree. But it's like the, that's that's one of the one of the factors that but, I think is that you're dealing with is that human, mm-hmm. even though the they thing. might be yeah yeah boy girl whatever human like the, you're um, still making decisions they might like this. be mature in their mind mm-hmm. they might speak maturely they might look maturely. Uh, are mature, but they haven't had the experience in order to to grow those emotions and mm-hmm. how they deal with those things. Um, and I think that's what matters most. Yes. Um, in in that thing is you are ruining and taking the experience from the person of learning how that stuff is supposed to work. Even mm-hmm. the heartbreak and the up and down and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's 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 how you develop extra calluses. Um, did we have a question from? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. we did have a question. I feel like we did. Jay, okay, let me. I'll pull it up. You keep talking about whatever yep. you talk about. Well, since you're doing that, I'm. I'll do some needed house cleaning. We, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, but um, we'll <laughs> we'll bring it up again. The, the, the oh wait, wait, we also had a listener Patreon donor. Oh yeah, and your student uh, got his got his blue belt. Yep. So Why Christian got his that? blue belt. Yep. Um, so Christian is actually. Um, in a band, I think it's called Damage Plan. I don't uh, mismanage. He's in a band called Mismanage. Um, so if you guys are fans of um, hardcore, check out Christian's band Mismanage. But um, he uh, he's been one of my students for a really long time. Competes probably more than any white belt that I've ever trained with. Um, not to say that he's you know better than anybody else as far as getting out there and doing competitions, but he competes a shit ton. Um, started really racking up some medals at the end right before his promotion. Uh, so I had gotten permission from Roly to promote him and then just kept forgetting. And so I finally promoted him on Tuesday morning, I believe. Yeah. Tuesday morning of last week. And, um, so yeah. And then now he, uh, his schedules kind of me- uh, changed up a little bit. So now he's helping me with the kids class on the afternoons. So it's kind of cool. So now um, he doesn't show up cause he got his blue belt. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's showing up to, uh, to help me out with the kids class, which I'm always, I'm always big on on developing, um, guys and girls who want to start coaching, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people believe, well, you got to, you know, you should start 
with kids classes and then work your way up to adults and whatever. And maybe, maybe. Dude, I have a, there's some I, people I, that I won't, I mean, they're great exactly. people, but they should be just shouldn't be coaching kids classes. Yeah, exactly. So I disagree with that statement. Yeah. Now, most of us all started out our coaching career, teaching kids and stuff like that, because why? Nobody really wants to do it. It takes a special kind of person to do it. And then at a certain point, it's a, it is a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of, um, um, you've got to really learn how to handle yourself and compose yourself a lot when you're dealing with other people's kids, uh, safety and, and, and even discipline pieces and stuff like that. And so it takes a special kind of person. And so I don't fully believe that everybody should, uh, should cut their teeth in coaching with a kid's class. Mm -mm. But I do think that if you have a, a good kid's coach um, who is already teaching a kid's, play, a kid's class and you volunteer to assist that coach, there's a lot to be said there because yeah. you're you're basically in a mentor program where you're learning how to coach, you're learning how to teach, and you know, you're developing those skills. And so I'm happy to have Christian helping me out with that a lot because it's going to be a huge help for me. Um, and then my buddy Dave, who is a huge fan of the show, um, I guess two or three episodes ago, uh, technically it was two episodes ago, but really because the phantom episode, it was only one episode ago, uh, two episodes ago, I uh, said he was an Arkansas state champion wrestler. He is not, he is an Arizona state champion wrestler. I don't even remember saying Arkansas, which we talked about how we get to talking and not realizing it. And then we yeah. go back and listen to the episode and we're like, we're fucking retarded. Technically we could, I could say like. Anytime before 2010, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Arkansas didn't have wrestling until like 2010. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, was no two, way. I was 2005 Arkansas state champion, baby. That's right. <laughs> and so he, uh, yeah, so he's an Arizona state champion wrestler and uh, he actually lives back in Arizona now and uh, he's a phenomenal grappler. I've said that before. So um, hopefully one day he'll pass through and we'll all get to train. But um, so we have a question. Yes. Yeah, so we got to get through this kind of quick because we have about 30 minutes before yep. we run into... Hopefully, we're not going to crash the computer again. Uh, so we've got to get through this, and then we've got to get through um, the last little bit of our mm -hmm. bull crap, and then we'll be done. Jay asked us, you guys both had gyms. Was it harder to progress in your jiu-jitsu oh, yeah. when you went from student to instructor slash gym owner? Very curious about how it all works. That's an awesome question. We already answered this once, and we, we wish that you would have listened the first time. So we'll have to repeat ourselves now which hopefully I'll be able to say it better this time than I did yesterday. <laughs> so um, like I said yesterday, I went from being a student to a coach to a student again, yeah. to a student slash coach. And so when I was a student, I just got to focus on my training. And then when I became a coach, um, when I ran my own gym in Cabot, um, it wasn't that... Um, it wasn't that I had a hard time balancing my progression and teaching and coaching at the same time, it was that I had a young school and my training partners were young. Yeah. Um, so I had almost all white and blue belts um, and I was a purple and brown belt. And so when it came to getting ready for competitions and stuff like that, I really didn't have training partners to push me. I would have to put myself uh, into really shitty places. And I competed a shit ton when I was a purple and brown belt while running my own gym for that very reason. Yeah. So that <clears throat> I could gauge my progress off of other purple and brown belts. Mm -hmm. uh, if I was winning, then I was doing something right. If I was losing, then I had seen something or been privy to something that I needed to work on and I could work on it. Yep. And then when I went to Westside and became a student again, um, I did notice that my jujitsu did improve drastically, having a dedicated coach for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I became a coach at Westside, 
So although I am one of the on-staff coaches at Westside, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still one of Rolly's students. You know, like he's my coach. He is always my coach. He will always be my coach. And if I have questions about competing, I go to him. Um, I still always take his advice. I try personally, I try uh, scheduling wise to at least get a couple of classes in a week with him. It doesn't always work out and it does suck. Um, but when I'm able to, I still try to take the opportunity to get noon classes in with him because it's one of the few times that we get to be together in a training environment and train together and, and work together. Um, and so it is very important, you know, for me. So for me, it wasn't ever a time thing. Like I never had to balance anything. It was just not having training partners to train with at my level. Right. So for me, there was a couple of different variables that uh, came into play. A, uh, I was living in the back of my gym. And so my problem wasn't that I necessarily wasn't training enough. I was training too much. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. I lived in the back of the gym. There was never a break from training because when I was done training, I went into the back and was still in that environment. There was right. no separation. Um, and so that just, that wore at me like really heavily on top of just being in one of the darkest moments of my life, opening the gym, like mm-hmm. that just transition was really, really rough for me. Um, but I would say it's, it's incredibly difficult, especially as a new gym opening up. I said this yesterday, but, um, you know, jujitsu is measured in, in months and years and your business, uh, especially when you're dealing with jujitsu and MMA, your business is going to be no different. So as a new business owner, as a new gym owner, you're going to have a bunch of white belts that don't know what they're doing. And you're going to have to, and you're going to have classes with just you and another person. Mm -hmm. And you're probably not going to like drilling with that person. You're not going to like, you know, maybe even not like that person. You're going to have to suck it up and deal with it and train with them because that's what your job is now, you know? Um, and so there, I just couldn't focus the attention on me. I, w- I was on the mats rolling with my students and still looking around, making sure that everybody was being safe, everybody was taken care of, there's nobody walking in the door, um, so on and so forth. But So it distracted me a lot. I didn't have a vehicle so that I could train uh, mm-hmm. or so that I could get away from the gym and go somewhere and train. I surrounded myself with experts in the area, but only limited to uh, people that would come to me. Mm-hmm. If I had to go somewhere else, I couldn't because I didn't have a vehicle. Um, and so it really, it really took its toll on my training. Um, but I think that it was for the better because we're in a place now where I can step on the mats almost every day of the week and feel like I got what I needed out of training because we have that many different uh, people on the mats of different size, rank, so on and so forth. Um, and it takes time. We, we've been at it for six years mm-hmm. and it's just now starting to get that way. And it's still not consistent all the time. Um, I said it again. God damn that phantom episode. That, that <laughs> crazy dude. Um, I, I, the, I said at the beginning of this year, I really felt like this year was going to be our, our year. Like it just something clicked or I was just like, man, I really feel like everything's coming together this year. And it has. Um, however, it, I still don't feel like it's where it needs to be. So we still have a long way to go, but it's, it's just a, it's a process. And then like when you're trying to train for yourself, it's, uh, it becomes, it, I'm talking myself in circles. It's, it's a difficult task though. But I would also, I'll say this, and that's a great question. And I think it's a question that a lot of people ask themselves, because I think ultimately for the most part, 
people who are, are heavily, um, interested in jujitsu, who people, you know, who are obsessed with it or whatever, everybody wants to open up their own gym. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's kind of everybody's ultimate goal, especially the guys who are gym rats who want to be in the gym all the time, you know, ultimately like, man, I just can't, I want to open my own gym. You know, um, you and I have both been gym owners. Um, the difference is, is that I'm kind of living the dream, right? So I, I have done both. And that's why I say I'm living the dream because I get to teach jujitsu and then go home with nothing else on my mind. Yeah. I don't have to wonder about the marketing stuff. I don't have to wonder about what program am I going to run? What instructors are doing this? Like, is this instructor, is this student leaving? And if this student is leaving, how am I going to get five more? Because I can't afford this and that. I don't know about any of that shit. See, I disagree. I don't think that's the dream. Uh, it's not my dream. Anyways. Yeah. It's not your dream. Yeah. Right. You live in your dream. <laughs> don't, don't project your dream. Don't put your dream me. in my, don't, don't put baby in a corner. Yeah. Um, because when I was running my gym and maybe I wasn't in the best place when I was running my gym either, honestly, yeah. kind of like with your situation, like I was going through a divorce. Um, I'm in a good place now, people, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've had a couple moments in the show yeah, where we've had, to pull, we've had to pull Johnny out of some dark places during the episodes, <laughs> but, um, I was going through a divorce. I was a single dad. You know, there were my, I was raising my daughters at the gym basically. Yeah. Cause I spent so much time there. Um, I didn't have a very good paying civilian job. Uh, in comparison, I guess, in compared to some other people's shitty jobs, I had a pretty good job paying job, but for what I needed money wise, it wasn't, especially for a developing school where my rent was probably right on the cusp of what my students were bringing me. Mm. Um, and that, and then I had electricity and gas in the winter and things like that. So like I was living at the edge of operating expenses for my gym and what I was making in profit. Uh, and then there were times where you know, daddy had to eat. So then daddy would have to take a little bit of money out of the school to go feed his family. Mm -hmm. And then that would cause rent to be late. Like I just wasn't in a good place. You yeah. know, I, I, if I was in a better place where now, oh man, I would, especially after getting what I call to be one of the best paid internships at Westside, you know, I've spent the last four or five years, four years almost, um, getting to train and work at one of the most successful gyms in the state, seeing the mistakes that were made, the things that worked, the things that didn't work, the important stuff here. Um, even learning about like, oh, so we can buy geese from this company for this price. And we've cut a couple of our patches on here and that, you know, like just the things I didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, my, my, um, my, uh, school gi was a gameness gi. It was the gameness air because I had an account with the company and it was the cheapest gi I could get yeah. and still make a profit, yeah. you know? So I could get my retail, uh, uh, price and stuff like that. But, you know, training wise, the other part was, is that I didn't know any better. And so I thought I was training harder, just as hard as everybody else. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm doing five minute rounds. I'm doing suicide rounds. I'm, you know, I'm getting tired and I'm sore when I go home, I'm training my fucking ass off. The truth was, is that the quality of the training I was getting and doing at that time was not conducive for the level at which I was competing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, but it's a tough, it's a tough yeah, balance for sure. It is. I um, heard that one of the, you talking about owning your own gym and mm -hmm. your dream, your silly dream. Uh, I was, was reading through a Reddit thing the, uh, uh, this morning. Somebody was saying that the, the, the myth that hard work will bring you success needs mm -hmm. to die. That it's not hard work that will bring you success because, um, wealthy people capitalize on, other people doing the hard work for them. Good point. So people are going through their 
complaining about, I worked this nine to five job. I worked hard my whole life. I did this out and the other, and it got me nothing. This, you know, all these kinds of complaints about that kind of stuff. And it dawned on me. I was like, you people have it fucking wrong. Like, it's okay if like, if you want to learn a skill, you want to be a brick mason. That's what you do for the rest of your life. You make a good living. You have a family. That's great. If that's what you want to do. If that's not what you want to do, you have to work for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you can't work hard for somebody else. I mean, like you're never going to work as hard as you can, uh, the way that you know you you would for your own survival and for your own success, mm-hmm. um, you're never going to do that for somebody else. It's not going to happen. You know, like, and even in a situation where, say, like, um, you know, you're working for Westside, you're working for your gym or whatever, um, I still think that you're probably, deep down, you're only working as hard as you work, ultimately, for yourself, which is okay. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Uh, not saying that like you're selfish or anything. No, you're right. There's but, nothing there. There's no fruit that comes from my labor. Right. You're going to have good students. You're helping mm-hmm. grow the, grow the gym. You're doing your part in that, in that manner. But the reasons that you're, you're there every day, the reasons that you put so much time and effort into it are probably more for yourself because you're mm-hmm. investing in your own time right? Uh, than anything. And so that's where people get it wrong. It's like, if you're doing a job if you're cooking at Applebee's and you fucking hate it and you can't get the um, the motivation to work hard at that position, then you're in the wrong job. Like find something else, either that or that's a means to an end. That's what you're doing in the meantime. You're working hard at that in order to achieve your dream, which is still working for yourself. You know, and so like I think people just get it wrong about all of that. I you also don't work for other people. You're absolutely right, and. I, I would like to open another gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to give it another go now that I'm older, more mature, more financially understandable, understanding and stuff like that. Um, but you have to open the gym. If you're going to open up a gym, you have to do it for the right reasons, I think. And when I opened my gym back in 2012, whatever it was, um, I was opening up out of necessity, not out of, not because I really wanted to. Yeah. You know, I was under an organization That's that I That's kind of how ours to, popped up. Yeah. Because we did it for need. Yeah, I did it out of a necessity because um, the gym I was coaching at at the time closed and then I didn't want to go anywhere else. I wanted to stay with my original lineage and, and coach and stuff like that. And um, and so I had like 10 guys that were going to go with me and that was going to be my startup capital. And so that's why I did it because I didn't want to go anywhere else. But you still, you probably worked your ass off so that oh, I absolutely you could did. train jujitsu. I absolutely you did. You know, like. If yeah. nothing else, like even you, your passion out of that might, might not have been to make money. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm one of the worst business owners cause I really don't care if I make money or not. Right. You know, I want to make paycheck. I want to be successful, but like, ultimately I know that the money I'm going to get, this sounds bad, but the money that I'm going to get out of you is not going to be right now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be out of tacking on, uh, an, an extra gi and a t-shirt to this sale. Um, when I know that you don't have the money to do so, right? it's going to be two years down the road when you've bought four geese from me and a bunch of t-shirts, uh, throughout that time when you did have money or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Or when you've brought in two or three friends because right. you truly believe in the culture and, and mm-hmm. you really enjoy what you or do. Or just paid your fucking bill or just for paid your bill four non-stop. years. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You know, like, you know, it's 12, 24, 36, almost yeah, $50,000. That's going to make me more money than it had I sold you a gee. Um, got a bunch of money up front from you and then you leave in three months. So the, 
I think playing the long game helps. And then, um, but yeah, like you have to find what matters to you mm-hmm. and then um, work towards that. Going into this next opportunity, if I ever, you know, in the, in the next couple of years or whatever, if I decide to open up another gym, my motivation going forward has changed a lot. And it's been a lot with working with Joey and those guys down in Louisiana, um, getting to see those guys develop and getting to see them uh, be provided with the tools that they've needed this whole time and being able to be part of the reason that they have those tools and to yeah. see them really develop their students and grow their team and it's be an asset. Moving forward into my opening up my own gym, if I decide to do that years down the road, um, my mindset is that that I just want to make an awesome team. Yeah. You know, that's before I didn't care about making an awesome team. I just wanted to change jujitsu and I didn't care if it was the same 10 guys that I opened the gym with. I, some One of us had to find a way to train. And so yeah. I just did it. Right. Um, and so moving forward, though, the idea would be like, man, um, I want to leave behind a great team. I want people moving forward. I want Johnny to go, man, you know, Mitch is a killer fucking coach. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's made a killer team out there. You know, I want to go to AGF and I want those the other people to, to see my patch, you know, and be like, man, you know, Mitch is a good, good black belt. He's a good coach. You know, he's developed a killer team out there and people want to be a part of that. That's where I want to be happy with my, with my legacy that I leave behind is that of a coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way to go into a gym, at, you know, at that stage. I you, stole an idea from Uriah Faber where he was saying, um, it was early on, like when he was still champ of the WC or whatever, he was saying one of his long-term goals was to create uh, profitable money-making opportunities for his family and friends around him. Yeah. To be able to provide, you know, he wants to have a gym where he can provide jobs for his friends, um, living situations for his friends and family members and stuff like that. <clears throat> that's what he wanted to do with his money. And that's kind of like, uh, that's where I'm at with 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 my gym. You're mm-hmm. talking about you want to create a good team. Is I want to create a team as well. I want to create a place that my friends can feel like they can do what they want creatively. Right. Um, I have a, a good friend that he, um, he actually works at Westside sometimes too. We'll come up and take pictures up there. Yeah. He recently he's done, did. he's worked with our, he did our pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Duh. Uh, so he wants to, he asked me like, do you think it'd be cool if I started doing photo shoots in the, in the back of the gym? I'm like, freaking of course. Like mm-hmm. I want to be that space where you get to figure out how to, you know, like try to make money off of what we're doing here. Try to, you know find that next little niche that's going to set us different or set us apart and make your living off of that. You know, uh, that's what I feel like I'm, I'm here for. That's what I feel like the gym is for, you know, it's like, it's a community and we're all here to help each other grow. Even if it's something that's totally unrelated with jujitsu, we'll find a way to make it fit so that Mm -hmm. we can help you grow. Um, like his is photography. That's pretty easy to fit into jujitsu, but Oh, absolutely. I've talked to people about like, putting a tattoo shop in the, in the gym and stuff. That's we can't wild. do that because of there's a whole lot of other code things. violations. Yeah. Uh, but simple stuff like that, like a barber shop in the back or something. Yeah. I've talked about um, me and a, I've said this before, but uh, one of my old students that passed away, we were going to open a bouldering gym together. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be, we were trying to tie that in with Gravitas and what we were doing with that. I think that'd be sick to blend those two cultures yeah um i also want to put a half pipe in the back of the gym really i really like a, like like a, a mini like pipe a mini thir- like a three foot or a six foot yeah like that. i really i think that would be so dope dude like 
Who else? Who else has a, a skateboard right now? Nothing I know. Crone, Crone Gracie has one in the back of his gym. Does he? Yeah. yeah. And then I, I know they have a skateboard at the Ruka gym. Yeah. Uh, but like, dude, that would be. It'd be pretty sick. And like, to be able to, to blend those cultures right there together would just be so cool. That would be badass, man. And the thing is, is that the cult, the two cultures themselves, because we both come from that background, they're almost identical. Yeah. Like, look, look at like, um, Dom's uh videos look look at your modern um jujitsu videos like your your new new age art suave type videos the 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 cinematography and the musical styles are the same that we grew up watching yeah on the old skate videos so i had oh i'm so it's glad you same said this because i had you just remind me of this idea that i've had i've had a couple ideas recently since i've gotten this gimbal mm -hmm. because i've been you know all that all into that but um, what I was thinking is like, I want to do it with one of my classes or my, the next time we have a rank review, I'm going to spend like three months with my students and maybe, uh, you and I can figure out a way to do this. But like, basically I'm going to tell them like, you're going to put together a skateboarding, skateboarding part. So like whenever skateboarders would put together, like, you know, they'd put together several yeah, runs, have a line, yeah. plan out their line or mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm going to tell them like, you're going to have a skateboarding part and you're going to have a, you know, we're going to make a tape. And you're going to come out and everybody's going to be circled up, all hyped up. And there's going to be music <laughs> playing in the background. We're all going to be going crazy. And you're going to show your skateboarding part. Right. You know, like you're going to you're gonna hit this slick Toriando to a headstand pass, take the back into a bow and arrow choke yeah. or whatever. You know, something just fucking ignorant and, and crazy. But that's, that's a really cool idea to do that. It'd be and so much fun, dude. I mean, you could literally do, I mean, we could, we could start a whole new genre where we're making like those art suave yes. type videos, you know, where people are actually tuning in with all this. Oh my God. I know. And get this. Okay. Black belts in Arkansas hit me up because here's <laughs> what I'm thinking. We get all of us together. You, me, Bruno, uh, we get some of the brown belts, some of the purple belts or whatever, just a bunch of them. And we'll all put together a part. We'll all, we'll all have like a little DVD that comes out that's just like our sick just, moves. It's like a it's like a mix between like a an and one video yes. and like element or like oh that would be video. so good, dude. Dude, that would be they sick. have like the dance they have a uh, dance crews that do that kind of thing too. Yeah, and I've always yeah. thought like there's no reason why we couldn't do it. Imagine if people in jujitsu got as hyped about you doing a move on the mats. They do, training. we do. You and I do, but like. In, in in Brazil, one of the things yeah. that I tried bringing back, um, we well, a we shake everybody's hands. I brought that back. The other mm -hmm. thing I tried is like, whenever people would do something, the the whole mats would just erupt and mm -hmm. and clapping. Everybody would just start clapping for somebody did, that did a slick arm bar. Dude, or we could just take we just take all of our our past skateboard. I want people taking their geese off, like throwing <laughs> them over their head, bouncing around the mats. You know, like Dude. that'd be sick. Stunting on another person, come up and like freeze right you know like they're doing break bands <laughs> i'm gonna come up and like chest to chest on you <laughs> do a handstand right in your face that's ridiculous that's the goal we're gonna do that soon that'd be so good that would be sick like nobody nobody's doing that like you know and it's funny like people listen right now they're like man mitch and johnny are retarded like nobody's there and then we make one and they're like damn that's sick bro like that's sick yep. like yeah you're gonna have a partner that's gonna be letting you do the technique on you obviously like just it's no different than what aoj does it's no they, different they grab their green belt children and mm -hmm. like here let me uh do this all over you and yeah we'll put the only difference up. is we, we we add badass cinematography with killer music in the background yeah and you hit like badass angles and slow it down and speed it back up and then have like that gimbal sp oh, man mm -hmm. you could literally just go all over like I'm, just, I'm gonna watch skateboard videos on the drive home dude yeah we're going to just to don't get watch all them on the drive home please well you don't you're not bossing me so 
Are you trying to live forever? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This podcast is going to go on forever if we don't. I know because we just we just hit another level where we could have went on for like another thirty. We're going to have to save that for the next. We're going to have to whenever I get a new computer. Yeah. Um, We need to make sure to we've got new Patreon content coming out soon as well as I forgot to mention this on the episode we didn't release so that's good. Um, We've also got we're still waiting. I've got the whole uh, seminar that we did our rough and tumble seminar. That is that whole thing is is recorded on video. Um, so as soon as we get to a hundred dollars a month on Patreon subscribers, then we will release that on the Patreon. So you'll have access to that whole seminar, all the moves that we taught, so on and so forth. Um, which is great. I love that. That content will be on there. Um, also our YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube because we'll mm-hmm. have the videos up now, uh, our live stream of the of the podcast. <clears throat> As well as we're starting to dive into some different uh, creative ideas mm-hmm. with uh, some just some silly vi- viral videos and stupid stuff that we want to put out in the future. So if you are interested in checking that out, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube as well. You can find us on Instagram, The Rough and Tumble Podcast. And I think that's it. Check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, all the things. And we're on there. Is there anything else? Not that I can think of. We have some Patreon shoutouts, but we might have to do those next time. Yeah. Because, like I said, we're running out of time. I really don't want this to uh, crash to crash on us. So, with that said, see you later. See you next time.